Tom Kisslingberry here. Nah, I'm just kidding. We don't have Tom Kissingberry money. It's just me, Peter Howard, and Jake Anderson meeting at the Dynasty Crossroads once a week for 30 minutes to talk about one player at a time. We look at the film with Jake, we talk about the analytics with me, and we try to come to a consensus. We do have a pretty cool theme song, though. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grabs that tape. listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome into another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler, hanging out with Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. Fellas, we've been working on this rookie cash, stash, and trash series, and we're into week three of it. We've already covered the AFC and NFC East, followed by the AFC and NFC South last week. This week, we're going to head north to the AFC and NFC North. Talk about some really high-end rookies, fellas. But first, let's uh, see how the weekend treated you and how uh, how everything's going. Ryan, how's it going, bud? Yeah, things are good here. Uh, getting, getting ready for a little time away, a little vacation coming up. Yeah. Uh, we we didn't have any superstars traded this weekend. That was a little disappointing. Yeah, yeah, nothing big to talk about. You know, I looked at the uh, gauntlet of teams we were going to talk about. I'm like, hmm, who's the who's the big move that could be made? And then I remember, oh yeah, Matt, the uh, Packers are on this week's show, so we don't we don't need a big move on this week's agenda. Please no. Please 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 no. Unless it's. Unless you know it's unless unless we're like I don't know I don't know who we could get to make it okay but probably probably yeah, that's probably manager. nobody that's probably, probably nobody. A, <laughs> that that's that, probably a different show. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we as I said we've been covering these rookies going pick by pick through the teams and trying to throw in a few undrafted free agents that matter as well. There are a lot of big names on today's show. We get to talk about guys like Najee Harris and. Uh, Jamar Chase, and of course, uh, Justin Fields as well. So let's kick it off right at the top in the AFC North. We'll we'll start with the Pittsburgh Steelers because they did make the big splash, Ryan. It was Najee Harris out of Alabama, 24th pick in the first round. So has the draft capital. Of course, he has that great landing spot, the maybe ideal landing spot, as we all have talked about throughout the offseason. How do we feel about Harris? There, it, it's going to be difficult to go anywhere other than cash with this guy. Oh, yeah. You, you got to go cash with Najee Harris. And as I was looking over the, the names, the players that we're going to talk about today, I, I was thinking back all the rookie conversations we've had over the past five or six weeks. I, I think we've been a little hard on Najee Harris. We, uh, this has been a, a, an anti-Najee <laughs> Harris uh, pod and, and probably a little too a little too far with that. Uh, I mean, Harris is certainly cash. Uh, concerns about the offensive line that we've talked plenty of times about, but he's going to get the volume, and, and ultimately that's what really matters for running backs. So in the short term for the next one, two, maybe three years, certainly a cash player. What do you think the rookie upside of Najee Harris is? If you're drafting him in a rookie draft, what's the what's the ultimate? Everything goes right for Pittsburgh. They're feeding him the ball. Where Where does he land among running backs? Um, well, I mean, we saw we saw Saquon Barkley uh, score or uh, finish as the RB one as mm-hmm. a rookie. Um, even though that was just what three years ago now, I, I don't think that's necessarily um, in the reasonable realm of, of possibilities, realm of outcomes. But um, I mean, I, I think he could certainly be a top six or eight running back for sure. sure. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking as well. And I guess in a perfect world, maybe he does squeeze all the way into the top two or three. But I'm with you. I don't know if number one overall is in the is in the uh, cards for him, but certainly has RB one upside. Matt, I'm, I'm sure you're with us. He's he's a cash guy. Yeah, definitely cash. Uh, and you know, we we may have hated on him, I guess, if you want to say that. But I think it's more just because we're also excited about Travis Etienne and what he's going to be able to do. But yeah, I mean, he is the best 
rookie running back for 2021. After that, I think uh, we might have a little bit of question marks, you know, the direction of that team without Ben Roethlisberger. The offensive line clearly needs to get better, right? Uh, and his ultimate upside, I think, is going to be, you know, if it depends on his volume in the passing game, I think, because we, if, if he goes into like a Le'Veon Bell kind of role where he's going to see, you know, 90 targets, I don't, I don't really see that for him just based on who they have in the, in the receiving game with those theory wide receivers and now two tight ends, right? So that's a little bit tough to see, but I agree, agree with you guys. Running back six, seven, something somewhere in there, I think is is definitely within the range of possibilities for him. So absolute cash for year one. I was going to say the same thing, Matt, that I think it his upside does basically come down to his role in the passing game or his role yeah. as a receiver. I mean, that's what boosted Saquon to that RB1 spot is so many targets in that offense. Um, and I don't necessarily think any of the other Steelers running backs have proven – uh, that they should be that pass catching back. I think it's just what you're talking about. Uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, Juju, and and Claypool stealing the targets, and and maybe Pittsburgh just not even using uh, using the running back as a pass catcher all that much. If if though Ben looks as bad as he did last year, like throwing the ball down the field, you know maybe maybe he does become a dump off quarterback in his last probably season in the league. So it's possible. That's Either fair. way, that that's an elite type of rookie season. So yeah. you know Ryan, you let in with you know maybe we've been a little too negative when it comes to Najee Harris and hit this landing spot and all the things that come along. I I think everybody out there is getting the the you know rose-colored glasses view of Najee Harris. It's That seems like everything I hear out there. Um, and I, ju- I just don't see this things being quite that great. I, I know the landing spot's good, and traditionally they they tend to go with one running back and they're in the on the field all the time, and that's that all points to great things. But that offensive line still is a concern. It, there is There are reasons to believe that he may struggle, especially in the first half of his rookie season until that offensive line gels. So uh, while we do see that upside, there is a little bit there, – there's cause for concern with that backfield as well for Najee Harris. Uh, the, uh, the, maybe, maybe a funner guy to talk about because we get to project a little bit more long-term might be Pat Fryermuth out of Penn state. He went in the second round fellas to the, to the Pittsburgh Steelers lands in a place where traditionally you see that inline tight end making, making a little bit of noise. We we've, we've seen a few guys go through there over the last 15 years or so, Matt, that have been fantasy contributors and sure. A lot of those guys have been low end tight end ones at best, but certainly they, they offer a little bit of a floor. Now Fryermuth has a little bit of that, uh, field stretching ability. He can get down the seam. He can make plays in the red zone. I think there's a, quite a bit of upside when it comes to Fryermuth and what he can do for an offense, especially as that uh, in-line tight end. So while while there maybe isn't a direct path to immediate playing time, he's an obvious stash when it comes to what what he might do in 2022 and beyond. Yeah, he's he's really interesting even in 2021 because if they, you know, now they have the ability with Ebron for one more year at least to, to run more 12 personnel, but they have those three wide receivers, so are they going to do it? If they do, then you would think that Ebron's going to be the pass catcher and Fryman's going to be the blocker because he's he's really good at that, right? So uh, I think if he's going to find a path to fantasy upside in, in his rookie season, it's going to have, have to be through touchdowns. Uh, you know, maybe he's a low reception guy, but he has six to eight touchdowns, something like that. Uh, so that's the path to cash, I think, but for me, he's he's going to be that borderline stash player, you know, right on the right on the edge. Yeah, stash player for me as well, basically for the the same reasons that you guys have laid out, and and kind of the same thing we mentioned with Harris, just a, a concern about uh, not only Ebron there, but the three uh, the three elite wide receivers, or, or at least borderline elite wide receivers. Uh, even if we assume Juju's probably gone after this year. Um, still a, a lot of competition for targets in general. And, and then just the unknown of what that offense, what that passing game will be in 2022 and, and beyond. We got to be careful there, Ryan, making those assumptions. I think we all were guilty of that That's a true. year ago. And, and Juju signed that dotted line and we all said, whoa, you're you kidding me? We didn't expect him to go back there. So either way, though, you're, you make some good points there with the a pass-catching tight end with all those weapons. Sure, maybe somebody moves on next year and that creates more opportunities. But typically, it, it feels to me, guys, that he's more in line with the traditional tight end that we always say takes two or three years to develop and then 
suddenly they become a bigger part of the offense. You might have to wait on Fryermuth, and that's why you're waiting till the second and, and sometimes maybe even the very early picks in the third round to, to grab him in your rookie drafts. Let's jump over to their division rivals, fellas, because the Baltimore Ravens also invested a first-round pick in a stud uh, offensive skill player. That was Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. So late in the first, they grab another wide receiver, Ryan. And and we all know about Lamar Jackson and and maybe the, uh, the storyline of his lack of uh, ability to get the ball to to receivers accurately, especially down the field. Of course, we know he likes to use his legs. There's so many names that we're intrigued with in Baltimore as pass catchers, right? And we're all kind of scratching our head as to who's going to grab the bull by the horns and become the number one guy. Bateman is a jack of all trades. He can do it all. He'll he'll work all parts of the field. He's shown enough speed to get downfield and the route running to to work underneath. Seems like a direct path to maybe make it a big impact. So an interesting player, Rashad Bateman. How do we feel about him? Cash, stash, or trash? This was the hardest one for me to me to categorize. Uh, ultimately, I went with stash. I mean, you look at this Baltimore offense, it's, it's the same thing that we've heard uh, on every podcast, seen in every article. The Ravens passing game, it... it just a volume concern, right? I mean, they were last in pass attempts last year. They were last in um, completions last year. They were last in passing yards last year. And and now they had these these two wide receivers. We'll talk about Tylen Wallace in a moment. And it's kind of a chicken and the egg situation. Were they were they that bad because they didn't have quality receivers to throw to? And now these guys will change that. Or are they bad? Or I shouldn't even say bad. Just uh, just that low passing volume because that's the offense. They're going to be run heavy. Uh, Lamar's, you know, inefficiency, basically. And, and I don't know the answer. I, I, I called uh, Bateman a stash player. I, I see the route you're talking about that, sure, could he be the top target on this team ahead of ahead of uh, Hollywood Brown and, and Mark Andrews? He could be as a rookie. That wouldn't shock me. Uh, am I willing to bet on that in the, in the late first round? Not really. I'm I'm probably going elsewhere with my pick in that range. How about you, Matt? Are you investing in Bateman where you have the chance late in the first round, or are you thinking somebody else will have to stash him? Yeah, he's a tough one because I love him so much, but I just it just seems difficult to find the path to impactful weekly performance, at least as a rookie, right? I mean, the, the Marquise Brown led the team in targets last year with only 100. He had 100 targets, and he was the top target getter, uh, 25.5% target share so obviously really good so that's probably going to come down I, I, I kind of feel like Bateman is going to affect the other weapons on the offense necessarily more than he's going to be reliable um, uh, and then you know Mark Andrews at only 14 games 88 targets so you know he's going to fit somewhere in there I think he's you're, you're going to see both Brown and, and Bateman probably be in like that 70 plus 75 plus target range and Andrews probably around where he was last year and you know is that really enough to, to go around I don't like to make the too many mouths to feed argument but when you're in a passing offense that has that low of a volume it, it becomes more relevant I think right so uh, I'm gonna say stash but I could definitely see him being a cash player if he just takes like most of Marquise Brown targets you know I mean that that's just that just shows how difficult this situation is to figure out yeah. that we made in, in the same conversation we made the argument of there's too many mouths to feed and they had no talent last year to throw <laughs> to and I really right, don't know which right. one it is uh I don't I don't know if this totally fits in this conversation, but it's one of my favorite just weird little stats that I've found over the years. The the Ravens have not had a wide receiver one, a season long wide receiver one in Lamar Jackson's lifetime. It's been that long wow. since since they've had a top twelve wide receiver. Really? Yep. Michael I Jackson. I, I would Michael Jackson. Jackson. Mason? Nope. Mason never did it. It was Michael Jackson. Oh, okay. Wow, I would have I would have thought that Bolden got there, but I guess not. Yeah, I think you know Mason, Mason and Bolden, of course, both of those guys finished up there. And yeah, nine ninety eight, nine ninety one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think Corey I, I, Smith. I mean, come on. Oh, come on! Seriously, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, wide receiver ones, it, it does take more than a thousand yards seasons. They yeah. they just traditionally spread the football around, right? And nothing's going to change, especially with Lamar Jackson as your quarterback and being the most run heavy team in the league, as much as we love those running backs and, uh, usually we can go down the depth chart with the running backs. It's hard to get too excited about the second and third pass catching option. And sometimes even the number one pass catching option is that stat would, would kind of point you to, uh, I tried hard to make him a cash player. I, I searched, I looked around, tried to find the thing that would, would, uh, point me to cash and point me to thinking, I want him in my lineup five, six, eight, ten times this year. And it just doesn't exist. We're, we're just hoping, really, when it comes to Bateman, that that talent is so great that he takes that offense to the next level and really unlocks Lamar's accuracy uh, or, or makes him more of a dynamic timing passer. Bateman, maybe he's that good, but we, we have no evidence to say that's going to happen, though, right? If so, so Lamar Jackson threw the ball 376 times last year. How many times does he need to throw the ball to have a receiver that has 130 targets, even? You got to throw 455. You got to get up to 500 because that's never going to happen, right? They're never going to throw the ball 500 times. Well, he's he's going to drop back 500 times, <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah. Choose yeah. to run yeah. 80 yeah. times, well, get sacked a few yeah. times, all that right. kind of stuff. But yeah, it. I, your point is well taken, though, Matt. That that it's there's just not enough volume in that passing attack for for one single option to really explode, at least without. A massive touchdown number, right? We need one right. guy to catch 15 touchdowns. And, you know, Andrews is the, really the guy that you'd point yeah. at as the guy that could lead that team in touch through, touchdowns, get double digits. I was going to say the same thing about touchdowns, Dan. And uh, despite being so low, I, I mentioned the, the past volume numbers being last in all those categories, and, and we all knew that anyway. They were middle of the pack in, in passing touchdowns. I think I think they had 22 as a team last year. So uh, that that is the path. Do you guys think that Bateman is closer to cash than he is trash? For sure. Okay. For sure, but it's going to take that touchdown volume. He's going to have to, and he's probably going to have to be a little bit different player than what we even saw at Minnesota. A lot of that was that elite route running and being able to get separation. That's going to obviously be important in Baltimore as well, but he's going to have to be that guy that can sneak in behind linebackers in that play action game, and Lamar's going to have to hit him in stride and make to make those big plays. We we just see so many different players make the plays like that over the last few years. I, I just think of Willie Sneed just coming out of nowhere and having that big game, and then you don't hear from him for four or five weeks. You know, th- those are the kind of things that we we've we've come to kind of kind of call normal when it comes to that Baltimore pass catching core. So it's it's a little bit weird. It's a little bit odd. Bateman does feel like the most talented receiver that Lamar Jackson has ever played with. I, I guess, did he play with Devontae uh, Parker in, at Louisville? I don't remember. Uh, no, no, no. They, they didn't did, overlap? They did no, no, they did not. So um, Bateman's probably the best receiver he's ever played with, which is something. We got to see him with a, a t- talent like this. Well, I mean, the ultimate thing is, and there's been a lot of conversation in the community, too, about will the Ravens change their offense because they spent this first-round pick? Does that mean that that's a sign of that? And, like, why would they? I mean, they've been – I know they haven't – you know, they haven't broken through and, and, and won a title, but, I mean, they've been very successful, especially over the past couple of years with this offense. Uh, and, and along with – we've talked about Hollywood Brown. I mean, they still have some players that – the dynasty managers like, right? We're still waiting on Devin DuVernay and Miles Boykin. Uh, they they brought in Sammy Watkins for, for whatever that's worth. And and we know they always like to use two tight ends. They still have Nick Boyle, who who always gets snaps. And they traded for Josh Oliver, another a deep tight end that uh, is hanging on to the end of dynasty rosters too. So, like, why would they give one guy 150 targets? They don't have to. Right. It- yeah, and we... And we, we haven't really seen, uh, you know, I, I would like to see that to think that the Lamar Jackson is going to take another step forward. They're going to continue to the, all the involve the offense, all that stuff. But we've never really seen Greg Roman get past this the stage with these running quarterbacks, whether it was Tyrod or whether it was was Colin Kaepernick. We've just never seen him move to that next phase with these rushing quarterbacks. So it would be a first time for that as well. 
Right. And all this ties back into the fourth-round pick. That is Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State, a guy that that I think you know, I really liked going into the draft and thought he was going to be a day-two player. Ryan, you talk about this regularly. There's not a big track record of day-three wide receivers turning into star players, at least for us as fantasy players. There's plenty of names that you can – you can throw out there that, well, he was a really productive pro, had a really nice career, but that didn't translate to fantasy necessarily. Um, Wallace is a great competitor, and, and he has that killer instinct to go get get the football. Those are all good things. But because of that fourth-round uh, draft capital, that there's not a lot pointing to even stash when it comes to – if we're not willing to go with cash with Rashad Bateman, can we even do stat, a stash with Tylen Wallace? Yeah, I did go with stash for him, okay. but it's it's of course the deeper stash. You need more roster spots. You need uh, uh, you need more patience with him because if if we're waiting on uh, on Brown, I mean, really, we're still waiting on Hollywood Brown to break out, let alone Duvernay and and, and Wallace and these guys. So uh, need some patience. But I'm with you. I, I liked him pre-draft. Was disappointed. He did fall to day three and and that's you know it's it's not a deal breaker but it it certainly doesn't help and and your percentages go way down matt what are your thoughts when it comes to wallace future roster clogger Mm -hmm. of (laughs) of dynasty rosters i think yeah i just if 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 bateman and brown and and you know to a lesser extent andrews can't get the volume that we really want to see i just don't see how wallace is going to get there you know anytime in the near future necessarily i think he's basically the same player as devin duvernay you know like similar size i think the 510 511 both of them both around 200 pounds both very good in the slot uh and downfield duvernay maybe a little faster but you know similar players and i think they drafted duvernay around higher than they took uh, Tylen Wallace. So I, I just I think he's going to be a roster clogger. But I could I could see a stash. But I'm going I'm going trash. Yeah, I'm going to lean towards trash as well. It's it's probably because of a landing spot. As excited as we were that Bateman landed in Baltimore, and I think there's at least a handful of us that thought that was a nice landing spot and could could work out well for us as dynasty managers. Seeing a second receiver go there that that wasn't the wasn't the path to to future. Uh, dynasty value. So I marked him down as trash myself. He's a guy we're getting in the third round of rookie drafts, right? So we're not investing a whole lot. He's probably going to sit on some rosters before we ever get him into our starting lineup. Got to get through the rest of this AFC North. It probably won't take long to get through the Cleveland Browns. They invested in skill positions twice, guys. Of course, they're stacked at both running back and wide receiver. Not a lot of room for playing time at either of those positions. But in the third round, wide receiver Anthony Schwartz out of Auburn gets a little bit of that day two draft capital, Matt. And then later in the sixth round, uh, Demetric Felton out of UCLA. He's kind of a kind of a tweener running back wide receiver. What are our thoughts on these guys? Anything, any any value we can uncover here? I don't I don't think so. Not for me. Schwartz is is interesting, but he's just there's just so much ahead of him. Maybe maybe you could consider him a stash. I think if you think this team is from a from a wide receiver standpoint is going to change drastically in 2022 but for this season I just I can't really see him getting on the field too much and I liked a lot of what Donovan Peoples Jones did towards the end of the season so uh, of 2020 so I I kind of feel like I would rather invest in him if I'm going to invest in one of these uh, kind of peripheral wide receivers for the Browns. So I'll say trash if I didn't say that. Yeah I ultimately went trash with with shorts as well i mean really the only thing that uh, gave me pause was was the draft capital i was surprised to see him get that day two draft capital i uh, i think he's a little bit of a, of a one-trick pony with the speed uh, as yeah. his as his calling card his numbers did improve over his uh, over the years over his career at auburn so that's uh, that's a good sign but uh, i'm with you i was kind of liking what we saw from people's jones last year and with with the bigger names the veterans still there i mean we're at least at least waiting a full year maybe two for short so uh, ultimately i went trash with him yeah i i was on the very low end of stash when it came to schwartz because he does have that electric speed and there is an opportunity perhaps to get on the field as a uh, part-time player field stretcher as a rookie and then maybe that turns into something bigger down the road. But again, a lot like what you said about Wallace, Ryan, probably probably takes a big roster, probably takes 
uh, a, a lot of depth on a, on a roster to be able to hold on to him all year this year and then into next year. But I'm because of that third round draft capital has a little bit of that pedigree because of that speed that he showed in college and and he was pretty good in his final year at Auburn. I'm going to call him a low end stash player. Cincinnati Bengals. One of the biggest names in Dynasty right now, Ryan. It's Jamar Chase. Of course, he had the huge season with Joe Burrow at LSU. Now he's reunited with his former quarterback. This is going to be cash, 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 cash all the way to the bank. Yep, total total cash play for me uh, from from day one. Uh, we've seen seven rookie wide receivers to score 230 fantasy points in a season. Uh, I think he becomes number eight. Uh, that certainly is is helped with that uh, additional game this year. Uh, but I think Jace, uh, Chase has a uh, has a great season, even with that competition there. Love obviously love him being reunited with his college quarterback. Matt, does does the depth chart there in Cincinnati? Of course, T. Higgins last year had a really nice rookie season and Tyler Boyd has has been a solid wide receiver three for dynasty managers for quite a while now does that keep you give you any pause or or is he right to the bank with the cash play I don't think so just because we've with the level of the numbers that Burrow has put up as a as a passer I think there was one game last season he threw the ball like 70 times or 68 times something like that so I just I think all three of these receivers are going to be in that 100 target range with Chase and, and Higgins less obviously I think less volume dependent than Boyd so uh, Chase is, is definitely cash all the way in year one yeah he's cash I I've had this trade in my inbox for for <laughs> almost a week. It, it's it, my only copy of Jamar Chase, and I'm getting Kelvin Ridley back, one of the only le- leagues that Ooh. I don't have Ridley, <laughs> and there's some other pieces involved, and I just keep staring at it and keep staring at it. I, I hate doing that to somebody, but, man, it's hard to trade that guy because of the, the that just magical upside. They know your kryptonite, Dan. Yeah, I guess they, they do. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't hide it very well, do I? <laughs> Who, who's more likely to be the dynasty wide receiver one a year from now, Chase or Ridley? Well, I don't think Ridley has a chance. I don't so. either. <laughs> it's Chase, right? <laughs> just, uh, just, and just, you got enough. You got enough Ridley. You got enough. Ridley. I probably have enough Ridley. You're right. <laughs> Uh, probably not for sure. <laughs> uh, let's jump over to Chris Evans, the Michigan tailback that was a sixth round pick to Cincinnati. There's a little bit of room behind Jill Mixon. Of course, Giovanni Bernard, Matt moved on. He was a free agent and signed in Tampa Bay. So Mixon's been banged up. Is there anything here with Chris Evans who, he, you know, he was a big time recruit, showed a few spurts at Michigan of a, of a playmaking tailback. There might be a sliver of chance down the road with him. Maybe I just don't really want to place a bet on any of those guys behind Joe Mixon. Really, you know, none of them are super exciting. Travion hasn't been able to get any any traction. Uh, you know, they, it seemed like they really liked to go to Pirine last year t- mm-hmm. towards the end of the season. So. Uh, as gross as that sounds, it seems like he probably has an inside track for the backup role or change of pace role even uh, behind Mixon and, and, and maybe even the lead back duties if Mixon were to get hurt again. So I think Evans is really going to have to really impress in camp so he's somebody to watch. Uh, excuse me, watch. He's going to be somebody to watch uh, in camp to see how he does, but I think it's a, kind of a long road. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw him into the trash category, but there's a chance for Stash, I guess. Ryan, he's, he's undrafted in most rookie drafts. Yeah. You know, outside of the ones where where it's full of Cincinnati Bengals fans, maybe or, or Michigan Wolverines fans, <laughs> at that. Dependent. So he, if if any kind of stash, he's super super deep. Is there anything for you there? Not not really. Um, his ADP is five point oh three. That's in Superflex rookie drafts. Um, so yeah, in most leagues, that means he he is going undrafted. <laughs> I mean, when you're looking at Samaj P. Ryan and Travion Williams as your competition, and and you're still not sure that that's not a good sign. <laughs> so, yeah, I think ultimately trash for Chris Evans. And there might know, be a little bit of value in the unknown when it comes to Evans, though. We we've seen Travion Williams a little bit in in spots. And certainly we've seen enough Samaj P. Ryan to know what we're going to get there. So 
if, if I'm investing in anybody behind Mixon, it's going to be Evans. And if I don't have to give up absolutely anything, we've talked about the kitchen sink auctions many times. I've picked him up for a dollar at the end of the auction in a couple of these where it's just put him on your roster, give him uh, maybe even put him on a, a, a Debbie roster and, and put him on taxi and just see what happens. I'm interested enough to do something like that in a deep, you know, those are 30 man rosters. Yeah, sure. With with basically no investment, that's fine, especially this uh, early, you know, relatively early part of the offseason. Uh, you mentioned him coming into Michigan as, as a top recruit, uh, and sometimes those are the types of players I, I, I like to chase. Uh, in this case, it's just it feels like just another disappointment. Uh, I mean, Michigan continues to bring in five-star players, especially at the skill positions, and just none of them turn into anything uh, really at the college level and, and certainly not at the NFL level. I mean, you know, people, people's Jones is one of the more, uh, the more successful Michigan players. And we, we know that that's not saying much at this point. It's, yeah. That's the really bottom just, of the roster guy too. Yeah. It's I'm, I'm just avoiding Michigan players. Really. Oh, okay. You're going to get some hate from, from the Wolverines fans on Twitter for that one. They, they know it's true. <laughs> Didn't you just say you like DPJ a yeah, little bit? He put a foot in his mouth a little bit. Well, I said he's the he's the <laughs> he's the best option from the Wolverines. That's bad news. Let's uh, let's go over over to the NFC North before Ryan digs too big a hole there with Wolverines fans. Uh, we might as well start with the Packers. Matt, we'll throw this one to you. They got a day two wide receiver. It's Amari Rogers out of Clemson. Had a really nice career there at Clemson and seems to profile well into this Packers offense. So how quickly do we think Rodgers can assimilate with Rodgers, assuming Rodgers is back at training camp? Oofta. I think that's as simple as cash. If, it, if, if, if Aaron Rodgers is playing and he's a stash, I guess, if, if not, we did get some reports that, which I don't know, I guess you could take, could say they're good reports. If we're talking about from Amari Rodgers perspective, we got some reports that Justin Fields is doing a lot of check downs. So maybe Amari Rodgers or, or Aaron Jones even is going to lead this team in receptions, right? If it does end up being Jordan Love. Uh, but no, I think that it's as easy as that. If it's Love, it's stash. If it's, if it's Aaron Rodgers, it's absolutely cash. I think you had a little bit of a Freudian slip there. You, you said justin fields is checking oh, geez. down quite a bit oh god you i wish, wish it, yeah <laughs> I, I, oh, I wish yeah i wish that i would be i'd be okay with, with aaron moving on i guess so matt he uh he thinks maybe some upside for cash here with mari rogers another guy that we're getting in the third round ryan do you think there's a chance there for a cash guy uh a chance certainly I, i've still got him in that stash category i mean as as much um you know, a grief and, and trouble as we give the Packers organization. Uh, I mean, Rogers is, is pretty well known for his uh, relationships that he has with these wide receivers. So it's hard for me to imagine, assuming he is still there, uh, Aaron Rodgers, that is, you know, letting, letting this rookie overtake uh, MVS and, and Lazard and, and the veterans that, um, you know, maybe not on the level that we expect, but they've proven themselves to him so still a stash player for me but definitely somebody I, I like to grab in the late second round range yeah I I called him a stash as well I really like his upside in year two and year three but that's what makes him a stash and I agree with everything you said there well they don't invest a lot in the wide receiver position Marquez Valdez Scantling is is like a fifth round pick and Lazard was a UDFA and picked up off the Jaguars practice squad they love those guys, not just Rodgers, that, that front office, that coaching staff. They love them for different roles. Lazard's known for, for his blocking and his ability to get down the field and create space for Aaron Jones, who makes the big play. He's going to be on the field. So if he's on the outside, that means maybe Amari Rodgers sneaks into that slot space when, when you're all right having Devontae on the outside. But anybody who watches the Packers knows that Devontae slides into the slot regularly he's always in inside the numbers so I, I think it's a long-term thing when it comes to Amari Rogers although he will have glimpses of brilliance as long as Aaron Rodgers is under center how about the Packers running back selection late 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 in the draft seventh round Kylan Hill out of Mississippi State I'm gonna call him a stash guys and I know that um you know everybody will point to the that 
that running back room and say, wait a minute, there's two higher draft picks. One of them's already been paid if that second contract. But the Packers regularly have have multiple running backs in the game plan. And, and it's only going to take a simple injury to one of those two guys to put Kylan Hill in the in the game and, and potentially getting 10 or 12 touches in a football game. So I think there's going to be a game in 2021 where Kylan Hill will open the eyes of dynasty managers that did not pick him in their rookie drafts. Matt, what are your thoughts on Hill? Yeah, I, I think it's fine to sash him if, you know, if it's, God forbid Aaron Jones did go down, then AJ Dillon's going to slot right in as those early down, that early down back. But Kylan Hill is a really good receiver, so you can see him playing, you know, a minimum at minimum uh, in that scenario, some kind of uh, Jamal Williams kind of role. So uh, he has a chance to to prov- provide us with some production, I think, in year one. But I think it, you know, it's going to take an injury. And also, the, you know, they drafted. I don't know who, who do they still care about Dexter Williams? I think they drafted no. didn't. Uh, I would I would assume I'll not, take that I think, one for you. I think no. I think Lafer Lafer drafted him. Am I am I mistaken of that? So you know, may, he's still hanging around for maybe that pass catch role with Darius. Uh, what's his name from last year? Also there that they like. So I think there it, it is still crowded for that potential role, but it's it's possible. So I'll I'll keep him as a stash. Right. I think he's certainly a stash. I totally agree with what you said, Dan. And and honestly, at his price, his ADP is four eleven. Uh, I mean, I think he's a priority stash, a a player you should reach on because of all the same things that you said. And we've seen the Packers turn these uh, late day two, early day three running backs into, uh, you know, major producers. Um, Obviously, Aaron Jones, but Jamal Williams as well. uh, Both have been have been uh, productive and uh, were, were major hits for dynasty players who took them in the second, third, fourth round. Uh, and, you know, as much talk as, as we've had about A.J. Dillon this offseason, he's not proven either, you know. So is he a lock to be the RB2 on the team? You know, I, I don't think so. Uh, you know, he certainly is most likely to be based on the draft capital and, and the little bit that we saw last year. But um, Kylan Hill is definitely a player I would be chasing. He he, If they were to go for some, just for some reason, like if, if Aaron Jones went down and they wanted to replace – you know what he does in the offense. I think Kylan Hill is absolutely the better the better fit for that role if they wanted to do that. Yeah, yeah. if they're going to look for that slasher, I, I think what they're most likely to do, and it might be maddening for dynasty managers everywhere, is they're going to try to keep both of those guys as fresh as possible throughout the entire season. So that probably means 11 touches for one guy and 12 for the other. And, and you're going to need the touchdown and, and all those things. It, it'll be rough. But late in the season, hopefully – for us Packer fans that they're, they're, they're healthy. They're both weapons at that point of the season. And all that points to Kylan Hill or somebody else, at least potentially mixing in from time to time. So we'll see how it plays out. I, I just, I just like him. I like the way you put it there, Ryan priority stash. That's, that's a nice place for him in this list. Uh, A really fun one to talk about guys, because uh, we all play in these Superflex leagues, and the Bears made the big move, of course. It's Justin Fields out of Ohio State, 11th overall. He's going to play earlier than later, right, Ryan? So how uh, how confident, I guess, are you? He has some weapons there. You know, Allen Robinson is still there. Cole Komet is expected to make a little bit of a jump in year two. And uh, Mooney made his big jump as a rookie and is expected to potentially – Uh, be even better in his sophomore season. There are players there to help Justin Fields if and when he gets on the field. How confident are you that he can make a big impact for dynasty managers? Well, when the Bears trade up for a quarterback, what what could go wrong? It always works out, right? What could go wrong? Um, (laughs) No, of of course. I mean, it's two completely different feelings, even seemingly from Bears fans, uh, compared to that last trade up uh, a few years ago. So, yeah, absolutely a cash play. Uh, I'm excited to see Justin Fields on the field. Uh, Excited for really excited for Allen Robinson. Honestly, Uh, this is. This is the best quarterback he's ever played with already. I, I feel pretty confident in that. And, uh, you know, Andy Dalton's had a nice career, but I think we'll see Fields uh, sooner than later, maybe even week one. So he's he's a cash player for me easily. Matt, how about you? What are you, what are you thinking when it comes to Fields? <laughs> yeah, Fields is a, is a cash, assuming, I mean, 
they're they're pretending that Andy Dalton is going to start for some games, right? So maybe he does. But you have to think Fields is getting on the on the field in year one, right? So he's going to provide production production. So that means, especially in super flex leagues, any any starting quarterback is probably going to end up in the cash category for the most part. So Fields definitely in that in that place for him uh, for me as a as a cash player. Do you all get held up at all? Sorry, Dan. Do you all get held up at all with the Ohio Ohio State quarterback thing? Just that they haven't had success in the NFL. I I try mm. not to get into that stuff. I'm, I'm of course a Wisconsin Badgers fan. Somebody, so many kept saying, "There's never a all these Badgers running backs are so good in college and never been a good one." Until there was, until Melvin Gordon came into the league, and now Jonathan Taylor, and now you never hear that anymore. So Fields. Fields has all the tools, right? All the things that we look for and we're excited about. You, you have to look at them separately from from all the other guys that have gone through that school, especially considering the changes in coaches since the last big name at the position and things like that. So I try to stay away from it. I know it exists, though, and that's too bad because, you know, I felt so bad for Fields before the draft because it felt like almost every day, every other day, you'd get this news blurb, something negative about Justin Fields, and it's like, holy cow, what did this guy have to do in college to show you that he's ready to make the leap? And and maybe it doesn't work out, but it's not because he chose Ohio State to go to college. It's for another reason. Yeah. We used to do this with with other schools and other positions too. I think like USC was somebody. It was like a team we didn't want wide receivers from, sure, right? And yeah. then like then Juju came. So I mean, it's just it's 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 a rule until it until it isn't. So I mean, as much as a I, I certainly want to see Fields succeed, just because you know I like him as a, as a player and a, and a person, I guess. But you know, as a Packer fan, I wouldn't be too sad if it's another quarterback. <laughs> if it didn't it work out, work out for the Bears. Yeah, <laughs> like from that perspective, that feels a little bit mean to Fields. But from that perspective, you know, and he he yeah. is a. He's a cool dude, you know. <laughs> trade Aaron Rodgers for Justin Fields right now. NFL trade, oh, not God. fantasy. Oh, NFL trade? Anyway, let's move on to Khalil Herbert <laughs> and Daz Newsome. They were sixth-round picks by the Bears as well, one a running back, one at wide receiver, Matt. What are we feeling on these guys? There's, there's certainly some room on the Chicago depth chart for these guys to make the team. Can they make an impact for you? Are you willing to stash them? Newsom, not as much. Uh, just, I mean, I think it's I think it's Allen Robinson, and the guy we're excited about is Darnell Mooney. Maybe there's a, th- a spot for a third uh, a pass catcher in the role, but I think Kyle, uh, Cole Komet is also going to be more prominently featured. Jimmy Graham's still hanging around, so I think he's probably a trash player for me. But he, Herbert is definitely a stash, and I think there is a scenario that if you know if if David Montgomery. It misses some time, then I think he is the perfect hedge uh, against him. I think he can fulfill right in. He's that low center of gravity kind of running back that I really like to see. I think he's one of the few uh, later round running backs that, that went off the board in the NFL draft that could uh, profile as a at least as an early down runner and maybe even a three down back. To be honest with you, with Herbert, so uh, I like grabbing him a lot. Uh, kind of, I guess, kind of in the same range as you're taking Kylan Hill. So you kind of probably have to take a choice between one of those two. Um, I'm probably taking Herbert um, if I have to choose between those two. So. Stash for me on Herbert and trash for Newsom. Right. That's where I am as well. Uh, I was kind of on the borderline with Herbert, honestly, just because of that depth chart. It's it's not just Montgomery, of course. Street Cohen is holding down that. Damian Williams. And, and Damian Williams as well, right? So probably probably too many bodies for Herbert, but uh, I, I like the player. I was kind of disappointed that he he landed there, actually, uh, and thought he could Thought he might be drafted a little higher as well, but ultimately I'll go stash with him because I do like the talent and I I agree on Newsom. Yeah, and maybe it'll take a change in scenery. Maybe he has to flash in preseason or in training camp to to knock one of those other guys out of the rotation and get him a roster spot. But I, I agree. Herbert, there's some talent there. There's an opportunity to potentially carve out a role somewhere. So he's a deeper stash, but I'll hold on to him as well. How about the Vikings, Ryan? They Their first dip into the skill positions came in round three, early in re, round three, Kellen Mond. So this is, a, this is a super flex conversation, of course. Are you willing to stash Kellen Mond and hold on to him through the rest of Kirk Cousins' two seasons in Minnesota? Uh, I'm willing to hold on to him in, through Kirk Cousins' final season in Minnesota. Okay, um, all right. <laughs> That guaranteed money, you're, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, I think gone, it's, huh? it, it's, it's going to make things difficult for sure. We'll see what kind of season they have. Of course, if they uh, bounce back and, and uh, make the playoffs and, and have a successful season, then 
it's probably not a conversation to have, but uh, the the guaranteed money he has in 2022, I think, is ultimately the reason they spent this early third-round pick on Kellen Mond. Um, so certainly a stash for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll stash him. I'm not super confident that he's you know ever going to get the the priority in terms of being this next starter. He's probably always going to be somebody that has some competition. Um, but if he can de- get developed, yeah, he could he could be a player, I guess, in in, in a year. The Vikings made a couple more picks among skill players. Trash. Trash, trash, trash. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. If there's there's anybody among these three guys, fellas, that that you're stashing, that you're willing to hold hold on to, who would it be? Uh, It would be Smith-Marset for me. Um, I think they drafted uh, Smith-Marset, the receiver, and Nwangu, the running back, primarily a special teams guys. Uh, both of those players averaged over 26 uh, yards per kick return in college. And uh, it's, it, it was pretty clear that special teams and, and the return game was an issue for Minnesota, something they wanted to address. Uh, they were aggressive in doing that in, in uh, what, I think it was the fourth and fifth round that they took these two guys. Uh, I, I like Smith Marset a little bit more because really just because of their depth chart, they've got the two, uh, the two studs at the top with Jefferson and Thielen. And then it's, it's pretty weak after that. So uh, I could certainly see Smith Marset being more of a, um, more of a player, uh, outside of the special teams game as well. Yeah, if I had to pick one, it would be him, but I'm still going to call him trash. Iowa, Iowa produces offensive linemen and tight end, you guys. You should know this by now. What was the – going back to, like, Marvick McNutt, like, when, when's the last Iowa wide receiver we see in the NFL? I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I guess I would call him a stash, but I, it may, maybe after Thielen moves on, maybe there's a role from there, but I think he's closer to trash than he is to ever being cash. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking trash, trash, trash as well. The last name, we didn't mention it. Uh, I I can't I can never get the running I even before the show I tried to get the running backs pronunciation right and I was about to say it and I'm like I can't I'll probably mess it up. Kenny so, Nwangu. Uh, Nwangu, thank you. Nwangu, uh, yeah. Amir Smith Marset. That's a little easier. And then tight end Zach Davidson is the other name. Uh, inline blocking tight end. Probably not going to make an impact outside of uh, he's going to steal a tight touchdown from Irv Smith and you're going to think to yourself, oh geez, I had Irv in my lineup. The last team of the episode, guys, the Detroit Lions. This is an interesting one. We, we mentioned early in the show, Ryan, that Rashad Bateman was the toughest one. I think the second toughest might have been Amon Ra St. Brown out of USC. Fourth round, so not necessarily the draft capital, but Detroit needs wide receivers real bad. So he's he's got a little bit of draft capital if you look at it from that perspective, although he has to play with Jared Koff as his quarterback and, and a, maybe a questionable offensive coaching staff at best. How are we feeling about St. Brown? Is there is, is there anything there for us as Dynasty Manager? I, I went cash on St. Brown. Oh, uh, you did? Okay. <laughs> uh, because, because of that depth chart and the, the opportunity. I mean, Tyrell Williams, Brashad Perriman, Quintez Cephas, I think St. Brown uh, is the most talented of those of those receivers. Uh, I know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much that's saying. Uh, I was surprised that he fell to the fourth round as well. Thought he could have been a day two guy. Uh, so I thought the Lions got good value. Obviously, a position that they need. Um, you know, I mean, Williams and Perriman honestly just just can't stay healthy. They both uh, have have had flashes uh, in their careers. Of, of being productive fantasy assets and productive players, but um, yeah, injuries have, have gotten the best of both of them. So uh, I'll go, I'll go cash on St. Brown. Mm. Matt, I'm going to say, I'm going to say cash as well. Again, wow. just mostly because of the situation. Uh, you know, I, I, is it a stretch to say that he is second on the team in targets behind say Hawkinson? You know, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be one of those two, unless, unless you know, Bashad Perriman or, or or one of these other guys. These kind of also runs. Maybe or, or my boy, I guess, Quentin Cephas kind of steps up. But otherwise, it just seems like that's the role is there for him to take. He is gonna maybe op- uh, occupy a similar area of the field as Hawkinson, kind of in the middle range. Especially they use him in the slot, where I think he'll probably be the best in the NFL. But he's he's done it before. He's been the 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 horse of the passing offense before, right? A 19 year old breakout age, a t- career 24 percent dominator rating. 
So he he knows how to be a, a focal point of a passing offense. So I agree with Ryan. It's not necessarily because of the draft capital or, or uh, any, anything other than the situation, but for that reason, I think he could be cash in year one. Hmm. I'm, I'm not even – no. I can't do it, guys. <laughs> I mean, if Cash is 44 catches for 506 yards and three touchdowns, Ooh. then give him Cash. But I, I think he's closer to trash than he is to Cash. The Hawkinson's going to catch 120 balls then. Well, I think you're underselling those other receivers. They, they're they're going to be on the field earlier. And that offense is going to be a run-heavy one. I Honestly, I was back and forth. I started where you guys ended. And no, I was like, no, I can't do it. He's he's a stash at best. And then I got to thinking of my thoughts leading up to the draft, and you know, I just wasn't a I wasn't a real big fan of St. Brown. So I I actually think he's closer to trash than he is cash. Wow. I, I think I'm I'm avoiding him in all places. I I think he's a, it's just a it's a trap. We're we're all gonna fall mm. for it, and people are gonna think that. They're going to get a little early production, and then that'll turn in. Wide receivers are really, really good. And Amon Ross St. Brown is just good. He's just a good player. He's a real good college receiver. I don't think it's going to translate to the NFL. So I'm actually going to – I put stash on my sheet, but I'm going all the way to trash on him. Wow. We're going to be on opposite ends of the totem pole for the first time. I need to go back and re-listen to see if there was another receiver on this list that you called stash. (laughs) Over, 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 St. Brown. Then I, I don't think I did with a receiver. The only other one with a receiver is Am- Amari Rogers on my list. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess and, and I called. I guess I did call Anthony Schwartz a deep, deep stash. So, but but he's <laughs> yeah, he at least on. can run a little bit. St. Uh, <laughs> Brown can. Oh my god. Uh, all right, so that's gonna do it. Maybe I did that for for fun. Um, Jamar but- Jefferson. Oh, yeah, we do have to talk about Jamar Jefferson. Trash, yeah. Yeah, late round running back. I suppose you guys are going cash there. Trash. (laughs) Trash. I mean, you know, maybe. I don't know. I I don't think so, though. Yeah, probably a pass there uh, in rookie drafts. For me, that makes him trash. Uh, We have one more division in each conference to do, guys. It'll be the AFC and NFC West. That should be fun. That's coming up next week. Anything before we get out of here, Matt? No, uh, red list auctions are. Going oh yeah, on. fun. I saw you guys were trying to win a Jamar Chase copy. I don't think that's going to work out for you, but uh, <laughs> you guys seem to do well with limited funds in, in those rookie auctions. Yeah, those year, rookie so auctions. That's what, what makes auctions so much fun. You're you're one of the wor- lowest <laughs> end of money, but you just go for the best player you can, right? Uh, Ryan, yeah. we've been trying. We're we're going to get a new league off the ground here. Yes. that's been fun the last few days. We've been talking about that on Twitter, so you can hit up at Ryan MC 23 about that. Also me at DMiler 22. And then Matt, you're at Matt price FF. You have nothing to do with that league, except you're going to be a manager. Of course, I'm going to stop. I'm going to win it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. You can win Woo. it, but we're, we're starting, starting new <laughs> leagues. It's that time of year, right? We're all getting excited about these leagues. And uh, so we're starting a new one and, and there's probably another one coming down the pike as well. So for Matt and Ryan, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF dynasty podcast. We'll catch you again. next week.